Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. As I teased in Friday's episode, today we're going to be talking sales and particularly how sales tactics can help you become a better leader. While a lot of leaders probably don't consider themselves salespeople, the truth is there are a lot of things that leaders can pick up from salespeople and probably already are using without realizing it that can be helpful to make them more effective in leading their teams and encouraging other people to join them in their mission. Today, we have a great person to help us in our discussion of the convergence of sales and leadership. This gentleman is none other than the owner and founder of Professional Success South, which is a sales training and business consulting firm. He learned leadership discipline, the importance of strict attention to detail, and the importance of clear, effective communication while serving in the United States military. After his time in the military, he transitioned to the retail automotive industry where he worked up to upper management positions, and now he follows his passion in training and coaching. He specializes in the basics of communication and how paying attention to detail will build a strong foundation for whatever you do. Here is Bill Cursijo. Bill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being here with you and your audience today. Now, I like to start off every single interview with a few questions to help us to get to know you better as a leader and then give us some insight for our own lives. So you ready for these? Yes, absolutely. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? Lead from within, not from above. The leaders that pick up the shovel and dig the hole next to you or you know, in the retail world, pick up the phone and call the customer are the leaders that have the best following as far as their employees. And, you know, if you're willing to do the work, the people that you're leading are going to roll up their sleeves and do the work right next to you. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is empathetic, authentic, and confident. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? Have I prepared my team to step up and complete the mission without me? What is a book that you would recommend to leaders? Extreme Ownership by Jocko Wilnick. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? To evaluate your actions, journal it, and then grade yourself on those actions. And finally, we have our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Why not? Why not me, right? So we, we live in a time, and I've taken this approach pretty much my whole life, of, you know, we're always told that there's limitations to everything that we want to accomplish, but why is there a limitation? Why not me? Why can't I be the Michael Jordan, or why can't I be Tiger Woods, or why can't I be president of the United States? It's just something that 
if you take the approach of why not, then it's the, the possibilities are limitless. Well, Bill, we are here today to talk about your work and some of the the lessons and insight and guidance that you can give us as pertaining to topics such as sales, confidence, and communication. Could you talk a little bit about why you think these things and, and other topics that surround these subjects, why they're so important for the average person, for, for the average leader out there who is looking to be more effective in what they do? Well, it's it's interesting to me how many people, if you ask them, are you a leader? They're going to turn to you and say, no, I'm just an employee. Everyone will, will think of what their job setting is, first and foremost, right? What do you do at work? And no, I'm not a supervisor. I'm this or X, Y, Z. But in reality, we are all leaders to someone, somewhere, someplace. It could be our children. It could be, you know, a neighbor. It could be your employees or the employees that work right next to you. You may have been doing this job or whatever job you're in for two years and they're just starting. Well, they're looking at your actions, how you handle things, how you proceed and and complete your daily tasks for leadership. That's leadership. If we learn how to be confident in what we do and how we approach every day and understand that we are leading by our example, then, you know, think of how much better things would be if we, if we thought of ourselves in that light compared to not thinking of our, oh, I'm just a worker. No, we're not. You're, no one's just a worker bee. We are all setting an example for someone else on what needs to be accomplished. And unfortunately, we're also setting example on a negative way if we're not doing the, the right thing or taking the proper steps. And I love that focus because the truth is, Everyone is a leader, and that's something we talk about from time to time. It's been a foundational concept for this podcast, that everyone's a leader. The question is, do you realize it, and are you taking advantage of the opportunity that you have to positively influence people's lives? Because you're going to influence them no matter what. If you spend time around people, you're going to influence people's lives. The question is, do you realize that, and are you going to use that influence in a positive way to make the world around you a better place? A hundred percent. So I'd love to get to a little bit of your backstory. Could you share a little bit about how some of these principles and ideas started uh, becoming important to you while you were serving in the U.S. military? Prior to joining the, the U.S. military, I, I tend to have been quiet. I wanted to blend into the environment. I didn't want to stand out. Uh, I wanted to be that quiet person, right? And just kind of go under the radar. And I found myself always being pushed more in a direction of, well, that's not going to work. People are going always would refer to me in one sense or another. So eventually, uh, after, you know, attempting college and finding out that it just wasn't a fit for me at the time, I went to tech school, loved tech school, learned how to be a mechanic, but also found out that to get out into the real world, I needed to afford tools. And at that time, I was 19, 20 years old, and the United States Army said, well, we'll give you the tools and we'll pay you for it. So I took that leap and stepped into the military. And right away, it was it, it, it felt like home. And it was a great feeling to, to be in a disciplined environment. And it really helped me come out of my shell and forced me to come out of my shell because you have to, uh, you know, interact with everyone around you. And then 
eventually and rather quickly move up into leadership positions, meaning uh, I, I moved up into a specialist position and then corporal. So I had a team of soldiers under me, a squad, and then eventually a sergeant, which is an NCO, where I led the motor pool. And I had a team of soldiers under me there as well. And I've always taken the approach because I've seen different forms of leadership while coming up. You know, the military consists of your enlisted personnel and your officers. And there's always this back and forth type of, you know, jabbing as, you know, oh, I'm an officer. Or, oh, I'm enlisted type of, you know, fun camaraderie. But you do see the difference between individuals and their ability to lead. Going back to the question you asked me in the beginning about the statement, this is where I, I truly understood what leading from within meant. And it didn't matter what, whether one was an officer or an NCO. Some of them were like a boss. You, you need to do X, Y, and Z, and it's because I'm in charge of you. And some of them were leaders, and they led from within where said, okay, this is the mission. This is what we need to accomplish as a team. And this is what each individual has to accomplish so that the team will accomplish the mission. And I'm going to be doing this while you guys, you know, full on communicating with us, letting everyone know exactly what needed to be done in order to complete the mission. And that's really what molded my picture, my view of what a leader should be, because it was a feeling, right? We've all had those scenarios. So if you would talk a little bit more about this concept of leading from within could you break that down a little bit so leaders who are listening to you right now could begin to operationalize this in their own lives? Absolutely. So I'll use a retail world experience, right? So I'll use an automotive dealership since that's where my military led me to my first retail type of industry is automotive. So we have customers. Customers come in the door. They want to look at product, the vehicle, and maybe they purchase that day, maybe they do not. Well, as a leader, we need to keep you know, cultivating that and helping our employees learn how to communicate better with the consumers. How do they get better? It's easy for someone to sit there and tell their employees or their team, listen, you need to sell more vehicles, right? I'm your boss. I'm telling you, you need to sell more vehicles or we're going to have to make a decision. Where that's to me, that's a boss. That's someone standing over and saying, here, this is what you need to do. To me, a leader and the steps to true leadership is to inspire, right? And how do we inspire? We inspire through teaching, training, and coaching and really helping someone develop their skills and ability. Well, how do we do that in that type of position? Well, the next time that salesperson has an opportunity with the consumer, go into the process with them. Speak to the consumer. Show this salesperson the proper steps on how it can be completed. It's easy to tell someone how to do something. It will leave a lasting impact showing them how you complete something, like building a box. You know, it's easy to say, well, you take these pieces of wood and these the hammer and nails and you nail it together, right? Well, that's not telling me I'm not I have to still have to try and figure it out. Now if I show you how to take the pieces of boards, the nails and the hammer, fasten them so that it creates a box, what can you do now? Now you can go create a box. And if I do that over and over with a team of 10 people, 
now we're we're building something and we could take the boxes and then it's a foundation. Now, did you take what you learned in the military and just essentially directly apply it to your your sales work, especially as you became more of a leader? Or did your thinking on this subject begin to to change over time depending on your situation as you as you found yourself in new scenarios and new leadership situations? Well, right out the gate when I transitioned from the military into the civilian retail world. It was just more about habits at that point in time. There wasn't a conscious, like, okay, this is how you lead. This is how you do not lead. It was just, this was my work ethic. This is what my habits that have been ingrained in me through my years in in the military. And I applied them to my experience and my daily approach within the retail world. Now, with that being said, I, my numbers increased pretty quickly. So I was offered opportunities within a year and a half to, to manage and, and lead within the automotive industry. That means you, I became a desk manager, a sales manager, which put me in charge of 12 salespeople. I had to, you know, get them to where they're all selling X amount of vehicles, which is you want them to be somewhere 12 to 15 is a, is a fair number on a monthly basis. And really, teaching them how to do it better, how to optimize each opportunity, so on and so forth. So that is when I started to write write it down and go back to the training platforms. Because when I transitioned in the military into an NCO, when I became a sergeant, they send you to primary leadership development. And even at that time, you're going through it, you're paying attention and everything. But, you, you know, you you're not understanding and fully grasping what all of it means and how powerful mastering these skills will be. You know, I refer to sports a lot because we enjoy sports, right? But everyone has played a sport or, or, or whatnot in their lifetime. And, you know, they want to be the best, right? It, if it's basketball, you talk about hitting that, that game buzzer beater, baseball, the, the walk-off home run, and how do, how do we become that person, right? The, the person we see on television. Well, with a lot of training, effort, and really learning about what it takes, right? Well, do we apply that to our daily lives? Are we, do we want to be the Michael Jordan of our industry? Well, no one ever really presents it to us like that, right? You, it's something that we're not taught at a young age. We're taught, oh, you can, you know, you want to be a professional athlete and we have names for those professional athletes. But if you're going in the accounting field, nobody sits there and says, well, you know, John Smith is the greatest accountant of all time and you should strive to be this person. But why not? Why not be the greatest accountant? Why not be the greatest lawyer, the greatest doctor? I have a neighbor here and he's moved up the ladder in the supervisory position. And we discuss these things all the time because why not be the greatest electrician that you could possibly be? You're in the field. So how do I get my employees to do this? By being and learning how to be the greatest leader that I can be. And then it breaks down into a feeling, right? We talked about the difference between leading from within and and above. Well, we all have a physical feeling when we're being bossed around. We don't like it as individuals. 
we also have the opposite where we're like, you know what? If he told me to charge that foxhole right now, I'm going to do it. And why is that? Because you would do anything for that person. So Bill, connected to what you've just been saying, one of the things I'm wondering is how do you seek to become the best at what you do? I know that someone who is in a sales job may not become the best auto salesperson of all time, but you can more easily become the best in your organization, the best at your place of work. When you're working with people who want to succeed, who are focused, who want to be dialed in with what they do, what recommendations would you have so that they can have a chance at becoming the best in their field? Great question. So you have to have a strong foundation. So whatever it is that you're doing, there is a a core level to it. So if it's selling a product, knowing and understanding that product and the features and benefits and value that that product gives to the consumer is the most important part of everything you do. You need to have extreme knowledge of this. So you can talk about it in a confident and educated way. So that's that's the the baseline of where, of anything. So I refer to an electrician. So if you specialize in, you know, the electric wiring of uh, you know, personal homes, well then you need to know all the code, so on and so forth and be the best at that, correct? Understanding and and having the knowledge is the foundation of of everything you want to do. Now, how do I communicate that? So learning how to have a conversation with someone about it. If it's if you're selling something, you need to understand how to listen. And also people don't realize this, but even on the the you know like the electrician for example, you need to know how to listen to whoever the consumer may be. Maybe it's someone that, you know, you're fixing their their electricity in their home. So you have to be able to have a conversation with them you may know all the technicalities of what wattage and amps and so on and so forth, but to an everyday house owner, they don't understand that. So you need to be able to hear and communicate with them on their level, as well as the, the salesperson needs to be able to communicate on the level of the consumer and what they're looking for out of the product. So the steps are learn whatever it is that you're specialized in and keep a continual process as far as educating, right? Because everything's evolving. We live in a world where, you know, technology changes how we do our day-to-day on a weekly, monthly, and annual basis. So you need to always be apprised to what changes and what increases and, and whatnot in your industry. The part that you can continually learn to master is that communicating part. And this is where I'm big on journaling. And I'm, and when I say journaling, some people will automatically think of a pen and notebook, right? I struggle personally with writing everything down because it takes time, effort. You have to be in a position to write so on and so forth. I come out of meetings with clients all the time to where I go from my client into a vehicle to whatever my next appointment will be. So we have amazing devices <laughs> that 
capture everything, right? So I video it. Hmm. So whenever I leave anything that I've done, any training, teaching, whether I'm, you know, giving the training or whether I'm receiving, I create a video journal of my experience, what I learned, what I thought, what I felt physically, because there is a a direct relation between what we hear and learn and how we consume it to a physical feeling. And understanding that is so important because then, you, you know, you hear, you know, go with your gut. Well, there is a lot of truth to, to our gut and what our gut tells us. And then I grade if I'm the one that's, that's giving the presentation or training or whatnot, I grade myself on an ABC type of grading system. A meaning I, I hit all the points I wanted to hit and really was able to get the message across. B was I did pretty good, but there's areas I can definitely improve upon. And C was like, wow, I totally went off on a tangent in the wrong direction. (laughs) Yeah. So I find that doing my brain dump onto a video and having that be able to come back to me later. And and then that's when I get my notepad and pen and make my notes about what I, I transpired because it's fresh, right? You have to get it out. Yeah. So your question was how, what are steps to improve upon? And that's really the two main steps. And then it's just going to be continual growth and understanding that we live in a time in a world where we can keep on learning and, you know, the why and why not question, why not learn how to do something new at the age of 40, 50 or 60, right? There isn't anything that cannot be accomplished. We look at our greatest leaders that transformed industry and most of them didn't succeed until they were in their later 40s and early 50s. And it's it's pretty fascinating that we've always associated with getting older as settling in towards retirement. Well, why does it have to be that? So in addition to this this idea of of knowing the core of your craft and then also being able to communicate that at a popular level in a way that people will understand without all the technical language, I'm assuming that those two things are are helpful to people. Would there be any other things that you would say that people would benefit from knowing that pertain to sales? Because I think a lot of people think, and honestly, this was me until I decided to uh, start my own business. I was never expecting to have to be in sales, and I didn't really think in those ways. And I think we may use the term marketing, and and there is some overlap there. But people don't really think about the importance of sales in their in their lives. So could you talk about any other concepts that you think people could benefit from when it comes to sales? Absolutely. Sales, number one, is not a dirty word, right? It, it gets this negative connotation of sales is someone selling me something, right? And, you know, that is because people decide to purchase something that they don't need, right? And that's really at the core of it. And to me, selling is more of a solving a problem, you know, filling a void, giving value to someone. And how do we do that? And that's the biggest thing is listening. So you brought up marketing and, you know, how you stepped into this world and never expected to have to learn sales. And now here you are 
you know, going down that path in the form of marketing. Well, what is it that the consumer needs? What is it that the everyday person needs and they're not aware of? And how do you find that out? So you find it out by people's actions, asking questions, you know, and, and really being engaged and authentic with the people. Just, you know, it's the same with leadership. I referred to uh, when we were speaking before we went on the air was being a leader to our children. Well, you know, I have four kids and my my youngest son goes back and forth with his education and the importance of it and, and whatnot. And how do you, as a, as a leader, as a parent, get them to understand that? Well, that's a form of sales, right? You know, I'm not selling him a car. I'm not selling him a product, but I am selling him on the idea of why education is important. Yeah. Because at his point in life, he's kind of going back and forth like, am I really going to use this? Is there a reason for it, right? Do I have to know how to to dissect a sentence into a noun, adjective, and verb? You know, so really asking questions like, okay, what is your struggle? And then taking those answers and then giving a solution or an example as to how that will benefit you. So, you know, in my 30s, I X, Y, Z, right? And now that is selling your child on education. And if you can learn how to do that properly, how to listen and hear what the person is saying and put what their their concerns are into the form of a solution that they believe and understand, well, then they're going to buy into the concept and buy your product in sense, right? So this is why having confidence and it all boils down to being able to communicate properly is so important because whether you walk into a job interview, whether you walk into, you know, your uh, situation with your children or your significant other, and you need them to understand where you stand, where you're coming from, and why it is important, you have to be able to communicate that, which in turn is selling them on what are the benefits of taking this path instead of a different path, right? Could be starting your own business. I transitioned from the, the military into the automotive industry and then into my own business. And I had to have that conversation with my wife as to why I'm taking this path and she doesn't want me to be self-employed. That's a scary world, right? But I had to explain and sell her on why I needed to go this way and what the road looks like. It was really important to be able to sell her on that idea <laughs> at the time, but now it's turned out really, really well. So I really believe that if people took the time and understood and learned how to communicate properly, which is at its core sales, then they're going to see a lot of results, right? Selling someone on the concept of why it is to work out and be healthy. Well, because when I'm 80 years old, I want to be able to run around with my, my grandkids and play ball and things like that. Well, I need to start that in my 30s and 40s. I can't turn 80 and go, oh, I need to get in shape. You know, it's just not going to work well for that. 
As we're getting down to the end of the interview today, we have touched on the topics, like we said at the beginning, of sales, confidence, and communication, but there's so much more that could be said in each of these areas. And I'm wondering, is there anything that you think is especially important to reiterate or maybe just something that we haven't had a chance to fully discuss yet in this interview that you think is important for people to know before we finish our time together today? We're all leaders, right? We, some of us lead full teams. Some of us lead huge companies or small companies. And some of us have families. And there is at least one person that is following our example. And if we take that approach of, you know what, I'm influencing someone. And as you said earlier, you want to influence them in a positive light. If we keep that mentality of be the person you want other people to be or to you, then I really feel it makes a difference in the world around you. I tell my children all the time, we, we, we come to realize that there are many things that are out of our control. Like I cannot control you. I cannot control anything that's happening in the world at any given time, but I can control how I react to it and how I communicate with the, the circle around me. And that is so powerful because it's the ripple effect. If, if I'm positive and I have a, an outlook in my circle of a certain perspective, then that can create a feeling that lasts and goes out and spreads out, right? So if I come in contact with you and I say, good morning, how are you today? And that little statement can change your approach for the rest of the day where you may say something like good afternoon or whatnot to someone else. And then that just keeps going on and on and on. It's really important to understand that what we're doing and how we're acting is being watched and we are influencing people at all times. I love that. And I agree with you 100%. Now, Bill, if people have liked what they've heard from you today and want to learn more about you and the work that you do and maybe even have the opportunity to work with you, where can people go to find out more about you and your work? Uh, the best place is professionalsuccesssouth.com. All my social links are on there. Uh, you can reach out to me. I talk for free. And if we decide to move on in a more professional manner, then, then we do. But if not, I'm always up for a conversation and see where you're at, see where we're at, and, and we go from there. All right. Well, Bill, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Joshua. You have a great day. Thanks to Bill for coming on the show and sharing with us some of his insight from his sales background, as well as how to communicate more effectively with the people around us. Now, here are today's three key takeaways. The first one you've heard before, but every time I have a chance to say it, I'm going to say it. And that is this. Every one of us is a leader. And as Bill said, you are a leader to someone, somehow, somewhere. There's at least one person who's following your example. And if you keep that in mind, then that's going to change the way that you live your life. The second key takeaway is also a pretty simple one, but it's also a very important one. And that's this. It's easy to be a boss, to tell people what you want them to do, but it's harder to inspire people through your leadership. So one thing I would encourage you to do right now, if you are the leader of a team or an organization or a leader in any other way, think for a second where you might be operating more from that boss mindset where you're telling people what to do, but you're not necessarily living out and modeling the type of life that you want your people to lead. And the final key takeaway is 
One that I think is really helpful whenever you are doing a lot of presentations or leading meetings and things like that, and that is to make sure that you record your thoughts after each session. What Bill recommended is taking out your phone when you're in your car after the meeting and recording very briefly what you learned, what you thought, and what you felt, and then grade yourself on a three-point grading system, either A, B, or C. This is both going to give you some time to reflect immediately after the fact, but it also gives you something to go back to a few days or weeks or months down the road when you're trying to review and prepare and improve for the future. Now, I encourage you to come back for our second episode of this week because we're going to have a guest who works to encourage people to use their power to raise others up. And part of the reason he is so passionate about this message is because he's seen the dark side of power after interviewing hundreds of people who are perpetrators of power-based crimes. He has a lot of great insight, and I am excited to share his message with you later this week. I hope you'll join us then. And until then, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.